Christmas. Christmas. We have, over the last few weeks, been in a series called Good News, Great Joy for All People. Good news, great joy for all people. We took our text from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. And, and I've said this the last couple of weeks, but I, I have to say it. It's hard for me to read this without hearing the voice of Linus from Charlie Brown. I just hear his voice every time I read this, this passage. Um, but, and I'm sure you needed to know that. So now you're going to hear his voice when I, I read it. Um, Luke 2, 8 through 10, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Now, I want you to read that out loud with me, starting with, I bring. Are you ready? Out loud. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Amen. Thinking about celebrating Christmas. I love Christmas. I love to give gifts. I love to get the occasional gift. I I love that part of Christmas. But the main reason I love Christmas is there's no better time in in the calendar year to tell people about Jesus than Christmas time. Amen? This the Babylonian culture that we live in and that that spirit of the Antichrist that pushes against this word of God and that this culture that we live in can try to, to push us and do things like getting prayer out of school and push things this way and that way. But you can't take Christ out of Christmas because here, here it is. You can't spell Christmas without Christ. Tell somebody about Jesus. It's good news. It's great to cause great joy for all people. That's why I love Christmas. There's open doors at Christmas time to tell people about your faith. There's open doors. Now, don't be obnoxious. Don't be, don't be obnoxious about it. But man, the topic comes up. Hey, do you and your family celebrate Christmas? Absolutely. You know, that's a question these days. That's a, that's a valid question in the culture. that we. Hey, do you guys uh, uh, acknowledge Christmas? Do you celebrate? Yeah, man, we, we celebrate Christians because we're Christians. We celebrate Christmas because we're Christians. Well, well what's that mean? Ooh. Well, it means that I'm not perfect, but I have a perfect God that sent his son to die for me. And now I'm forgiven. And I believe that he's the Messiah. And I've put my faith in him. Hey, it's Christmas. So here we go. Here we go. We're going to talk about today. We're talking about for all people, for all people. Great news to cause joy. Good news to cause great joy for all people. Yes, I've done this already twice today. You think I could read that? So, so here we go. Number one, good news for all people. Luke nineteen ten. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Good news for all people. We're going to focus on the all people spectrum today. And, and this idea of, of, of the good news and what the angels are really saying. It's a really cool thought to think about this week. As you read this story, I'd never seen this before, the, the, preaching this this year. But you think about, you think about the angels caught up in, in between two spiritual dimensions. The angel is bringing a message from a palatial kingdom of heaven where everything is perfect. There is no darkness. There are no tears. There is no sickness. The, the majesty, the love of God flows throughout, and it's a perfect place. And now these angels have come into an atmosphere where they're looking down at an imperfect world because sin has stained humanity. And so they're like, look, God is doing something in Bethlehem that's going to fix your problem. That, and so, so to them, all they could 
say was, this is good news that's going to cause great joy for all people. Don't forget who the deliverer of the message is. The angel understands the problem, but he understands the result of what's going to happen through Christ being born. So you you see in Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I would submit to you today that we live, we live, our neighbors, we live in in a community where there are people that is lost. And they want to be found. You ever, you ever play uh, hide and seek with your kids when they were little? Right? Especially around that three or four or five year old age. So you play hide and seek and, what, what, and they go hide. And what a terrible parent would you be if you never went to find them? <laughs> You're like, date night. <laughs> They'll be okay. <laughs> They'll be fine. An hour alone. Cal gone, take me away. So, so, but, 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 but the idea is when you're a little kid, you wanted to be found, right? Especially around that three or four year old, you know, cause, cause it's fun. I wonder where they're at. And you know where they're at. Wonder where they're at. Are they in here? Hmm. Nope. And you hear the little kid giggle, <laughs> make a little noise, make a little ruckus. Why? Cause they want to be found. That's, that's the fun of it. They want you to find them. And, and they want to be found. And again, I would submit to you today that we live uh, in the middle of a lot of people who need to, they want to be found. They need to hear about a Jesus who came to seek, seek out the lost and find them. They, their attitudes may not say they want to be found. Their, their, their anger, their bitterness, their, uh, their demeanor may not say they want to be found. But there's an inner child inside there somewhere that's been broken down. Their spirit has been broken that's caused hurt in their life. That's caused them to act the way they act. And at the end of the day, at the root of who they are, they want to be found by someone, a father that would love them and hug them and take care of them. He came to seek and say, good news for everyone. Good news for everyone. This next scripture in John, John 1, 12, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Everyone, anyone, all. I love this. You'll, th- you'll see throughout this message today that so many times with so many scriptures that, that, that whether Jesus is talking or, or it's in one of the gospels, all, everyone, everybody, it, it's throughout the, the, the Bible, it's throughout the theme. Jesus wanted there to be no mistake that he came for everyone. So, so think about this for a second. The genealogy of, of Jesus, in other words, his, his family tree over in Matthew. Haven't you ever read that? I'm not going to read the whole thing today. My, my voice probably, probably couldn't, couldn't keep up with it. But, but, and plus, I can't pronounce all that. I would butcher some of those names. But we'll start in Hebrews. Hebrews 11.1. 1, and and we've, some people call Hebrews 11 the, the, the hall of fame of faith, the hall of faith of fame chapter. But, but it's important. By faith, the harlot prostitute Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Now, you know the story in the Old Testament, God's people go to spy out the land and Rahab hides them so they don't get killed. And so they say, look, if, if when, when we come to take the city, if you and your family stay here, you won't be harmed. So Rahab was spared. She's a prostitute. They hid out at a prostitute's house. So, so Rahab is spared and she's mentioned along with all these other people in Hebrews. But, but that's not the most amazing thing to me. The most amazing thing is over in Matthew. You go over to Matthew, Matthew chapter one in the genealogy. It starts the genealogy of Jesus. Salmon begot Boaz by who? Rahab. 
Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. So, so from the lineage of a prostitute comes one of the greatest kings, a man after God's own heart. But it doesn't stop there. We won't read the whole genealogy, but if you fast forward down to verse 16, Matthew chapter 1, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So you start the genealogy out with Salmon begotting with a prostitute. And you got to understand, in, in, in lineage was very important. And to think that God controlled everything and could have set it up to where Jesus came from a lineage of this king and then this king and then this king and then this king and this very highly esteemed person. And, in, uh, and, and the lineage and the bloodline would be perfect. And there would never be any mistakes in any of those families. And Jesus would be born in a palace surrounded by hundreds of nurses meeting his every need. And that could have happened that way but that's not the kind of Jesus that humanity needed humanity needed a Jesus that could identify us in our with our good times and our bad times humanity needed a high priest that wasn't separate from us yet was tempted in every way yet he lived without sin humanity needed a Jesus that was born in a manger that's the Jesus that's the savior that humanity needed it's it's, it's unbelievable to me that it's good news for everyone it's good, it's good news for every. Even Rahab makes the grade in the genealogy of Jesus. And see, I would submit to you today, this is going to tick some of you off, because I can see it on your face. I, can, I, can, I, was, I, would, I would submit to you today, that bothers some of you because you have such a religious spirit. How dare, how dare could you say that Jesus came from a lineage that had a prostitute in it? I didn't say it. The Bible says it. How dare you argue with the Bible? Oh, I know you've gotten, but you've gotten perfect. Ah. No, we serve a Jesus. We serve a Jesus that he came for, he had to show, he had to show that he came for the lowly. He, had, he came to seek and save those which were lost. Find us. Quit playing hide and seek with God. Or if you are playing hide, Make a little noise. We'll talk about that at the end of my message. He's looking for you. He's seeking after you. It's good news for all people. Number two, great joy for all people. This is this next two, we're going to talk about joy. We're going to talk about hope. And these are two things that the enemy loves to take from us. And this time of year is a time of year where the, the enemy loves to fight our joy and loves to try to steal our, our hope. But great joy. Now, we're going to look at a dichotomy of two different people types right here. And then I'm going to pull these together. And, and you're going to see this for all people. Great joy for all people. So here in Matthew 2, 9 through 11, you have the wise men. Right? The wise men go meet with the king when they had heard, verse 9, Matthew 2, verse 9 through 11. When they had heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Then they go and they find this child with Mary. Now, 
I know you see the nativity scenes, but, but in the wise men, but by this time, Jesus is, is a toddler, you know, it's, it, it's a couple years later, they go in and then here are these very educated, very wise, very wealthy men. So you got this socioeconomic status of just the elite and they're rejoicing with great joy because they found the savior. Now you go back to Luke. We stopped in verse 10. I think we pick it up in verse 13. Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. Now remember, who are the angels talking to here? Come on, man. Shepherds. We just talked about this. They're in the field. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Can you imagine? You're hanging out with your shepherd buddies. An angel shows up. You're scared to death. And then not only an angel, suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel. A multitude of heavenly hosts. I'm not sure in math terms how many of that is, but in Forrest Gump terms, that's a lot. <laughs> that's what that is. So now you're, now you're a shepherd and you're going, dude, you seeing this? Dude, you didn't put some of those mushrooms in my breakfast again, did you? <laughs> are, you are you seeing this right now? I mean, what an amazing thing. I, this is another one I can't wait to watch when I get to heaven. I mean, a multitude of heavenly hosts. Why are they rejoicing? Why are they saying glory to God? Because they know that God's heart has always been for humanity to be restored back to him. And they understand the significance of him sending his only begotten son, his only son to be born, to live a sinless life, to give his life on the cross, to rise from the grave again so that we could spend eternity with God in heaven. They were saying this is good news and it's gonna cause great joy for all people and then a multitude of the rest of the angels who didn't get to deliver the message show up and begin rejoicing about the message. Woo! Hallelujah. So watch this. For all people, joy. So both groups of these people are rejoicing. Now, now you got the educated, wise men, rich, and a lot of people say that the gifts that they brought help fund the beginning of Jesus's ministry. And there's, there's, you can read books about that. But the point being, they were wise and they were rich and they were educated. They were the elite of a society. And then you got the shepherds. Now, a shepherd's not like a job that you would like go on in that day on like monsterjob.com and try to like bid on a shepherding job. Shepherds were, that was a job you just kind of fell into like if you were a kind dude that didn't want to shave or shower. Yeah, man, I think I'll, I'll watch the sheep. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm, I'm going to watch the sheep. I mean, not a great job to have. Long hours, stinky sheep. It's very interesting to me that Jesus refers to himself as a shepherd so many times. Identifying with the lowly of humanity. But, but here, here's the point I would love to make today. You have the elite of society and the wise men. You have the shepherds over here and everyone in between that dichotomy of those two types of people group. It's good news. It causes great joy for all people, the rich, the poor, the, 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 all people groups. 
That's why we send Coastline has missionaries all over the world, but you don't have to go all over the world. You can go across the street. It's it's joy. It's it's joy. I prayed this morning. I prayed. I I was on the way to to church, and Rain and I usually ride together. This morning, I needed. We needed to bring two separate vehicles for various reasons, and so I was by myself. And I I just I I prayed, Lord, would you would you like let that joy start with me today? Like, I know I get to preach about joy three times. I get to see a lot of people that I love, and some of them are going through really rough times. And, or would you, just, would you just let that joy of my salvation, would you remind me of how blessed I am to be saved and how blessed I am to really celebrate? Would you remind me the, the miracle of Christmas in the true sense? God, would you let that joy, that, that joy that I felt when I gave my heart to you years ago, that joy. Would you let that joy of the, that the world can't give me so the world can't take away. and That joy that has nothing to do with material possessions or anything like that. God, would you just... And, and literally felt like... I felt like God just, just gave me a big old daddy hug. You ever, you ever have those? Just a big old, big old daddy hug. Just a... Like I'm driving down the road. And, I, and, I, and joy just begins to bubble up in me. Joy. And, and on a Sunday morning, and, and, and with what, you know, I have a lot to be thankful for. I love that video, you know, the, you know got in a car, cranked the car, had, I got shoes on. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. Uh, but, but, but the joy of a Savior, the joy of a God that loved me so much he sent his only son, that joy is for everyone. Sometimes you got to fight for that joy because the, the, it, the joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah says. And so the enemy will fight for that joy. But listen, when you get your focus off of worldly things and worldly circumstances and you put them back on a God that loves you and you begin to say, God, would you just fill my heart with your joy? And I'm telling you, I was bubbling over just, I just felt like, I felt like I had church before I got to church, right? I felt, I felt like God, me and God, God were just, just hanging out and and I, I pray that for you. And I, I would challenge you to pray that prayer this afternoon or tonight or in the morning when you're uh, you know, doing your quiet time and you're, you're taking a walk or whatever you do to be alone with God. Ask him to, ask him to fill your heart with that, that pure joy, that, that heavenly joy, that, that joy that only can come from the, the everlasting perfect father. And then, and then I, I challenge you in this, as God does that, because he will do it if you ask him. I promise you, because that's the kind of God he is. Let that joy bubble over. Let it, let, it, let it be like, and I've tried three services to say this word right, and I still can't say it, concentric circles. I got it right. <laughs> Woo! Look, in the first service, John, I promise you, I went, I went and then it's public speaking, 101. If you don't, can't say it right the first time, don't go back and try to say it again. I did, and I, I messed it up. And, and then I thought, I got this in the second service. Mess, I looked down at my wife and said, and she's like, nope, I just got it right. <laughs> Concentric circles. And what that means is the ripple effect. Let that joy, you know, you throw a stone in, in the pond, and you watch the ripples go to the banks. The ripples will go as far as the water will allow it. My son and I duck hunt on the river, and, and many days there's not much shooting going on. So we started, we started, we made up this game. And the game was 
we would be over in the mangroves, you know, you know, hunting, no ducks. But the game was when a boat, a big boat would come down the, the waterway there, you know, that time of year, people were going down to Miami in their yachts. We would bet each other how long it would take the waves to get to us, right? You, you remember that? Like, uh, okay, go. And, and so I know that sounds super stupid, but it's fun. <laughs> Point being... Let your joy bubble over and let it, let the ripple effect, let the ripple effect of that go out into the people around you. Let the ripple effect go out into the people around you to the point where it's a real joy, it's a true joy. Yeah, maybe you're going through some rough times or you've been through some rough times this past year, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and I, I've challenged you to walk into the places that you're shopping and say, Merry Christmas. Get that, get that big smile and crazy eye going. Merry Christmas. Because uh, there's places you work now that if you if they don't if someone doesn't say Merry Christmas to them they're not allowed to say Merry Christmas they have to say Happy Holidays. Share the joy of the Lord. It's Christmas, and it's not it's not about stuff. It's about our Savior. It's about our Savior. We give gifts because He gave the first and greatest gift ever. He gave us His Son. So from the wise men to the shepherds and all in between, it's joy for everyone. Number three. Hope, hope for all people, hope for all people. Hope is the oxygen of the human soul. It is a very, very, very sad thing to to be friends with or to deal with or to try to help someone that's lost hope. And and that, that is the plan of the enemy is to try to isolate you and get you to a place where you feel there is no hope for restoration. There's no hope for my marriage. There's no hope for me. There's no hope for me and my addiction. There's no hope. There's no hope. There's no hope. And, and then you, you begin to lose hope. And, the, and that's what the enemy wants to do because that's how he destroys you. That's how he destroys your future. And that's how he destroys your destiny. Hope. Well, what, well Jason, everything I've hoped in has let me down. Can I tell you... You can hope in the promise that God will never let you down. You may not understand everything he's allowing you to go through, but he ain't going to let you down. One day he's going to connect the dots. One day we're going to see, one day we're going to understand why bad things happen to good people. We'll understand that. We live in an imperfect world. We know sin has a lot to do that. But, but you, can, you can hope in the promises of God, and there's a bunch of them in this book for you. You got to read them. You got to stand on them. So when we look at this, this, this gentleman named Simeon, in Luke 2, 25 through 32, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. <clears throat> and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death, <coughs> excuse me, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So, here we have Simeon, and he's been promised by God. The Holy Spirit had promised him that he's not going to die before he sees the Messiah. Excuse me. So that's his promise. That's his hope. He's hanging on to it. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, they're dedicating their child to, to the Lord. 
he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, watch this, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. In other words, I can die now. According to your word. Oh, man. Think about this. He's holding this baby. He's holding this little baby. He, he's holding the Savior. He's holding this baby. For my eyes have seen your salvation. His hope has become a reality. The promise given to him, he held on long enough until the promise came to fruition and he, he is not only seeing the promise, he is holding the promise in his arms. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. There it is again, all peoples. And now this, this, this is what really gets me. This is so prophetic right here. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And we know that Paul went to all these different places and planted churches. And we know that, that as you go through the New Testament, that it was made plain that the gospel was for everyone. It was good news and a cause for great joy for everyone. But this is when the Jews are still waiting on the Messiah. And, and the Jewish people were like, no, he's just coming for us. He's just coming to, to deliver us. He is our Messiah. He's not going to have anything to do. Basically, the word Gentile right there it, it, it included everyone that wasn't a Jew. Let's just put it that way. All people groups. And so Simeon, he's having such a revelation of the salvation of God for humanity that these words come out of his mouth, a light to bring revelation even to the Gentiles. In other words, all people and the glory of your people, Israel. Hope. You, you, you think about hope, hoping in a promise, hoping, hoping in the promise of God, hoping things are going to get better. Can I tell you they're going to get better? I don't want to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope and turn to the left or to the right. Don't lose hope. Things are going to get better. Don't lose hope. I, I felt that so strongly in my spirit today. In every service, I felt like there are people sitting under the, or watching online or listening online that feel like they've lost hope. Don't go there. It's a dark place. Hope. And, and, and you know what? If, if you think you're alone and there's no one that's hoping for you, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I hope for you. I hope for you. If no one else, if you think no one else cares, I do. And I guarantee you, the devil's lied to you and there are other people in your life that are hoping for you. But above and beyond all of that, God's hoping for you. Don't lose hope. Don't go there. Don't, 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 don't lose hope because things that have happened and circumstances. I mean, I, every service today, I've looked across the room and I've looked, I've looked into the eyes of people that I love so much that have had so much pain this last year. I told Raymond the other day, I'm going to preach a sermon series in the new year called To Hell With Last Year. <laughs> I'm probably not going to do that, but <laughs> now that may sell a book. <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, and, and you, we laugh about that, but, but the hurt and the pain is real. And if we're not careful, we can, get, we can get outside of the Spirit of God into a place of, of hopelessness. Hope springs eternal. Don't lose hope, for it's the oxygen of the human soul. Don't lose hope. Hang on. 
Because if you don't quit, you can't lose. Find somebody to hope for you if you can't find if you can't find hope for yourself. But please, please, please hear me today. As your pastor, as your friend, hang on. Don't lose hope. It's gonna get better. Last thing. A personal invitation for all people. This, this to me solidifies the joy, the hope, the miracle of Christmas. And it all comes back to a God that loves us so much. He gave his only son, his only begotten son. And that son is creating a way for us to have a relationship with his father, God. Now watch this. Matthew 123, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. You're not alone. Don't lose hope. Keep your joy. You're not alone. Emmanuel, God with us. John 1, I believe it's 14. Or John, yeah, John 1, 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. The only son of God. The only begotten. The only son of God. In other words, You know, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everything that we know that has been created was created in Him and through Him. That's why it was a big deal to the angels. Don't zone out on me right here. Personal invitation to Emmanuel, God with us. That's why a host of angels, that's why they showed up singing. this, This was a big deal. Hello? He's leaving a palatial kingdom of heaven and the teacher, he's the teacher stepping out from behind the desk. You remember that sermon? And he's walking, he's walking through the students. That's what he did. He came to this earth to be, to walk with humanity, to feel the pain, to be tempted in every way, yet live without sin. He, he had to, he had to overcome the world because we couldn't. He had to fulfill the law because we couldn't. He did. And so we don't have to. And he was full of grace and he was full of truth. And it's a personal invitation. Emmanuel, God with us, the word becoming flesh, and he dwelt among us, full of grace, full of truth, and he's calling to you today. Hey, I want to be a part of your life. Look at this, this next scripture, Revelation 22, 17, in the spirit, and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. What if, what if everybody's phone in here started going off right now? The, the, the Melbourne Square Mall has decided for the rest of the day, everything's free. Dude, it'd be a stampede. Don't even act like you would stay for the rest of the eight points I have. Yet we have the creator of the universe saying, if you're thirsty, come and drink freely. Freely. There's no limit on his grace and truth. Just keep drinking. Just keep drinking. This next verse, and I'll, 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 end, it, I'll end with this. Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
I love the simplicity of the gospel when Jesus talks about his own gospel. Because if I'm not mistaken, we're all familiar with the concept of a door. Right? A door is something that's used to separate two areas. And so sin has separated us from God. So what Jesus is saying right here is he's standing at the door of your heart, knocking. Right? He's knocking. Now, twofold here. Maybe you say, oh, I'm saved. I gave my heart to God like when I was a kid. I'm good. I go to church, Easter and Christmas. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Do you know that he desires a relationship with you? He's knocking every day of your life. That'd be like me saying, yeah, I married Raina 21 years ago. We've hung out a couple times. <laughs> Seriously, think about that. No, God wants a relationship, a personal invitation. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. I will come, and if he hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. And the King James says, sup. I think, I don't know if it's literally meaning eat. I think it's, I want to do life with you. Eating is part of life. I want to come in and sit down. I want to hang out. I want to hang out in your life. I want to hang out in your heart permanently. Personal invitation. I I love, I love handwritten notes. Right? I mean, I love text. Text is great. Emails are business. and Texts are good. And, and I, I'm very blessed to have some guys in my life that are encouragers. And they'll just text me, hey, Jason, been thinking about you, praying for you. Do you need anything? And some of you are in this room right now. And, and I love that. It means a lot to me. So don't stop doing that. But I love, I love the personal touch. I guess I'm getting older. I don't know what it is. But I love handwritten notes. You know, you get a Christmas card in the mail. And, and it's from a corporation. And it's a stamp, you know. And it's like, dude, okay. I'm on your email list, so I got a Christmas card from you, whatever. It's, it's just like, but, but the personal Christmas cards you get are, are neat. You know, they're pretty neat because they, they have a, a picture of a family and the family looks perfect, right, in those pictures. And, and you, you look at those, you go, God, my family's a wreck. Look at their family, even their dog's smiling. <laughs> look, what you don't know is how long it took them to get that picture and how many times they had to smack their kid in the back of the head. Smile! Ain't nobody perfect. That's why we, we, we never do Christmas cards. Too much trouble. He's knocking, but, but, but the, the personal invitation part. My, my wife is so awesome at this. She'll, she'll, leave me, she'll leave me personal written notes like on my bathroom counter or I'll find them in my car. Or I'll go on a trip and open a suitcase. Third day into the trip and find a handwritten note. Behave. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm watching. No, <laughs> no, just kidding. But just really sweet, sweet, sweet notes. And right now, right now, she does this thing for me. She used to do it for all the kids, but they're out of the house now. Um, but she does the 12 days of Christmas. So when the 12 days of Christmas start, I get a stocking every day on my bed. And it's just fun stuff. And like the other day, it was full of Mr. Good Bars because that's my favorite candy bar. I mean, to me, I personally have an opinion. You cannot eat chocolate without nuts. Anyway. And she's gives, giving me these cool little, cool little cartoons, like the one day before yesterday, it was this man and woman snowman, or snow woman, I guess. And there was a rabbit with a hairdryer. And the woman says, Henry, just give him our noses. It's not worth it. 
rabbit, carrot, hairdryer. But all that stuff's good, but, but she's, she all right. Every day she's written something, personally written something very sweet about me, right? Just very, very sweet. And, and it means a lot. I love getting personal. And the, the mesmerization of Christmas to me is the fact that it's the personalized invitation that God has given to each one of us. For he knew us before he formed us in our mother's womb. He knows when a hair falls from our head. He stands at the door and knocks. And if, any, if you hear his voice and you open that door, you open the door, he says, I'll come in. I'll come in and I'll hang out there. I'll change your life. This is real. The gospel of Jesus Christ is real. It changes lives. It changes life. If you'd have known Raina and I 25 years ago, you'd be like, oh my goodness gracious. Right? Not that we're perfect now. I mean, if you'd have known us last week, you may have said, oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> but, but this is real. Jesus Christ changes lives. He changes lives. All you got to do is open the door of your heart and let him do the rest. Open the door of your heart and let him do the rest. Let him do the rest. He's so good at it. He's the life changer. So my question to you today is, have you done that? Have you opened the door? Maybe you're like tons of people in the first two services that said, I need to do that. I I need to accept you. I need to open the door of my heart. The Bible says that anyone who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord shall be saved. There it is. All people for everyone. All people groups. Wise men to the shepherds. The crackhead under the bridge to the CEO of Google for everyone. Jesus died for everyone. Wow. Have you opened the door of your heart and taken advantage of that gift of salvation? Would you bow your heads all over this place? No one's moving around unless you have to. Say, Jason, that's me. I... I, I hear, I feel the voice of God. I feel him knocking on, on, on my heart. I feel him. I feel that. And I know that I'm ready at this moment. It's just between me and him. I know that he's working, he's dealing with my heart and I'm ready to open. I'm ready to give my heart to Jesus. If that's you, I want to pray with you. Would you just slip your hand up long enough for me to see it? I see your hand. Just put it right back down. Anyone else, I see your hand. Anyone else? I need Jesus. I need to be saved. You raised your hand after church today when you're coming up to get your communion bag right under the screen. Come up and meet Christy. She's got a a Bible and a seven-day devotion. It'll help you on this journey. But pray with me right now. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending your only son to die for me. And at this very moment, I'm opening. I hear you knocking and I'm opening my heart. And I'm inviting you into my heart. And I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that you are Lord and Savior. I believe that you were born of a virgin. I believe you lived a sinless life. I believe you took my death and sin on the cross. I believe you were placed in the grave. And I believe you rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe you're coming back for me one day. So right now, God, right now, come into my heart. The door's wide open. I'm inviting you in. Change my life, God. Thank you for making me into a new creation. Thank you for your love and your grace and your truth. But most of all, thank you for your forgiveness. And thank you that right now I know 
that I will spend eternity with God in heaven because I've put my faith in Jesus. I will see those loved ones who've gone before me again because I've put my faith in Jesus just as they had. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.